I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. I'm like, goddamn enough. I put down the cans and they ran the muck. My hairpin, pierced skin, ruptured spleens, cracked ribs, go through cribs and other things. No sympathy for the king, huh? Niggas even talk about your baby crazy. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Tips podcast. Your host, Rod Ed. Karen. And I say, uh, it's Wednesday, last day of the week for us. Yes, it is. Um, so, uh, you know, no guests today. We can hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the Black Guy Tips podcast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic. Search the Black Guy Tips. Put in a five star review and we will read it on the show, regardless of content. Um, doesn't matter what you have to say. We just mm-hmm. love those five star reviews, guys. We do. Uh, you can also go to theblackouttest.com, sign up for premium. That helps. Uh, uh, love when you guys do that. Uh, helps the show out, helps us out tremendously is how, mm-hmm. how we make our living at this point. Uh, I can't do it without you guys. We can't. Um, so we appreciate everybody that does take the time out to do that. Um, cause, you know, it, I, it, there's so much other shit you could be spending your money on. Mm-hmm. Um, people get mad when Netflix goes up a dollar. So I'm like, you know, I can see why they, uh, might not support us, but we appreciate the people that, uh, you know, recognize the quality product that we put out and, um, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy the, all the bonus content that we, uh, do for you guys. Yes. Um, speaking of which, um, I've also been on some guest spots lately. Um, so make sure you guys check out the list when I put out the guest spots later on in the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm supposed to be on Game Enthuse tonight. Um, I was on, uh, uh, the where's my 40 acres boob tube uh last night talking about 24 the new season of 24 which i've been thoroughly enjoying it's uh jack and being an old impossible white man <laughs> but what i've seen is actually good yeah i love it um he was out running drone missiles yesterday and shit in a car yes the wrong side of the street in a different country it was crazy um uh, but Fuck yeah your laws overseas <laughs> yeah make sure you check all that stuff out uh leave feedback and stuff like that we appreciate it follow us on twitter i'm rodimus prime i'm say that again that as in d-a-t and the show twitter is tbgwt and also we're on social media so like our facebook page if you have facebook like our tumblr if you have tumblr mm-hmm. like google plus if you have google plus like we mm-hmm. we have all these things out there for a reason so if you guys aren't following them yet you can follow them keep up with the show very easily uh we don't retweet from there when we're about to do go live mm-hmm. uh if you're in the spree cast right now there's a follow button to the left follow hit that you know these are ways where you can get an email when we're about to get a do a show and all this stuff like that um i even think it emails you again 30 minutes before we do the show or something so yeah you know a bunch of bunch of easy ways to be uh included yeah in the community and also, uh, you can also sign up on our actual website and put in your email address. And every time Roger actually puts a post, it will automatically email you to let you know, too. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely free. You don't have to be a premium member to do that. Now, of course, there's been a ton of uh, stuff, so we should get into it. The official weapon of the show is... The taser. An unofficial sport. It's bullet ball. And bullet ball extreme. Mm-hmm. Today's podcast is double sponsored. It is brought to you by... None other than uh, AdamandEve.com. Mm-hmm. Um, let me find some sexy music. I've been hearing this Janine Aiko woman is supposed to be good. Oh, is that what it? you guys are into out there in the I world? I don't know. That's not like an anime character. Yeah. Uh, she's like the new Sade is what I heard. Guess we're going to find out right now. 
fellas and ladies are you looking to spice things up hmm? are you trying to get a little strange in the bedroom a little weird well this is a great time to do so uh all you have to do is go to adamandeve.com put in code tbgwt you can get 50 percent off of just about any item in store for a limited time only and in addition to 50 percent off you can also get three free adult dvds for a little inspiration a free extra gift that's so sensual i can't even tell you what it is and to top it all off they even throw in free shipping on your entire order so make sure you go to adamandeve.com put in code tbgwt for the offer code upon checkout and you get your three free dvds free extra gift free shipping and half off of just about any item in the store um use it as many times as you want um we do so mm-hmm. uh and it ships very fast very discreet um like it's not like it's gonna come to you in a dildo shaped box or <laughs> the, the outside won't say fleshlight fleshlight in brown and like neon lettering so so don't worry about it it's a very discreet package and um i think you guys will enjoy that you're all adults out there and uh you should all be adults appropriately yes enjoy it I gotta hear some more of her before I say she's a shot eight. Yeah, she fucked up when she, you know, niggas do not like when you compare yourself to something. Mm-mm, not no uh, shot And she compared this herself is to shot No ordinary love. No, ma'am. That yeah. is not the same. See, you doing it already. She My bad. Even, shouldn't even said it. She's not gonna get a fair chance. Should have compared herself to somebody terrible. Yeah, she was like, well, I'm kind of like Kaya, you know, a little bit better than that. They'll be like, oh, no, you way better than Kaya, baby. I would, nah, I will give you credit for that. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this podcast is also sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions. Recently, me and Karen sat down with the friends of the show, Lisa Saint Odom and Thatcher Johnson Weldon. Yes, we to talk did. about learning to drive, acting, and dead room. You can check it out on YouTube. I'll have the uh, link on the podcast uh, website later, theblackoutouch.com. Be sure to comment. You know, like the video, do all that good stuff, share it. A uh, new interview will be posted this Friday, so be sure to hit the YouTube channel again over the weekend. Thanks for all your support. Shadow Dog Productions. So uh, thank you guys that do support mm-hmm. um, Shadow Dog Productions. Like I said, they're our sponsor, and it helps us out when you do that. helps them out when you do that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something as easy as liking a YouTube video or clicking, uh, you know, leaving a comment. Uh, it's something that, you know, I think a lot of people take for granted, but... A lot of people out here that put this content uh, for people to, you know, consume, they, you know, it means the world to them when, when you do something like like a video or share a video. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something really small and it takes one second. Like you ain't even got to watch the video. Just click like. And, um, you know, people, people will at least uh, appreciate it, man. So make sure you guys do that stuff. Um, all right. Let's talk about what I was going on today. I was watching a Still with a lot of black Twitter today. Okay. Uh-oh. That's right. Black Twitter was all up in it, Karen. Or as I like to call it, Twitter. Okay? It's just Twitter to me. I don't know if y'all are all black or not. I don't even know. Uh, some of y'all are like cat avatars and shit. I don't know. Like a dog talking to me. Is that a color? Is that a race? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't never know what you're getting. Yeah. I just call it Twitter. But, um. Apparently, Ash B tweeted something um, that everybody was going in on. Um, and I think it was mostly because niggas don't like that nigga, so that's the end of it. 
You know what I mean? Uh, For most people. Yeah. It was like, anything he say, I'm going to have something to say. And I can't blame him at this point. I mean, when's he said anything really, uh, you know, uh, he says a lot of fucked up stuff. Is, you know, I'll put it that way. So um, he does free advice Wednesday where people can ask him questions and then he'll answer the questions and and, and give, you know, give people advice. So one question was, should I tell the man I'm dating that I have HIV? And his answer was only if he's seriously pursuing you for marriage. Hashtag free advice Wednesday. For some reason, everybody went off on that tweet. Like hard, like fuck you. That, that's crazy. You know, and this always sucks when this happens because if you agree that he's some kind of troll, then why the fuck would you help get him 117 retweets and 14 favorites and all this shit? Not to count the countless responses that, that people, um, you know, go into and stuff like that. So, um, it, you know, it, it's just so funny that people do this, but the thing about this that didn't bother me at all, why it didn't bother me? He's like um, a pastor in his beliefs, kind of. Like, uh, <clears throat> the same thing you hear in church. He don't think people should have sex until marriage. So as far as he's concerned, no dating is serious until you're about to, like... Actually get married. Until you're pursuing some level of commitment that is marriage-related. Okay. So you shouldn't even be having sex. So, you know, I think a lot of people got mad because they can't disassociate the idea of dating and sex. Like, well, if we're dating, we're going to be intimate. So this guy is basically telling people to go have sex without uh, without telling people that they have HIV. That's not what he's advocating. Do you know what I mean? So it was just crazy. And I think part of it is like people are so selfish, too. Mm -hmm. They only think about it from their perspective, because my thing is this. If someone does have an STD with the stigma that comes with and the seriousness, they're not going to just tell everybody. You're not going to no. be on a first date and then pull out like a business card that goes, I have HIV. Can we still finish this meal? You're, you're going to wait till you get to a very serious level before you tell someone, especially something like HIV or herpes, something you live with. Yes. You're going to wait till you get to a very serious level, hopefully if you're mature enough, before you even approach this topic and go, hey, um, listen this is the deal can you handle this yeah you know and but instead everyone was just hearing like but what if i already have feelings for this person and they tell me this and now we can't be together because i I can't handle that too bad that's that's what that's what it is you can't make anyone tell you something that they don't want to tell you or that you haven't quote unquote earned in their eyes yet that's true and also um People have to understand, like you said, A, that's not something that people openly come out and tell people. And B, um, a lot of people are very, very judgmental about STDs or any type of disease or anything like that. And it's one of those things. Now, it would be an issue if they told you after you were intimate with them. Like, to me, I would have an issue with that. Right. Yeah, uh, obviously. Like, yeah. That that's the thing though. It's not like you don't have to have sex when you're dating. True. You don't even have to have intimate contact. Mm-mm. And if and if the idea is that they're being responsible, they're not exposing you to anything, then I don't see why they should be forced to tell you. Now, I think if you're in a serious relationship and you're building towards it, it'll have to come up at some point. Mm-hmm. 
but it's kind of you know what it reminded me of when we read that advice column from the guy's perspective who said oh this woman was transgender she didn't even tell me the whole time and i could have slept with her gross anyway i'm dating her sister and we had a kid and should i let her ever see her her nephew you know what i mean and it's like wait a minute everyone's jumping on this guy's side because we're coming from his because we're hearing his perspective but he's an asshole in this yes he is you know and and only and he's telling us how serious he thought it was they could have gone out on three dates and the transgender woman could have been like i'm never going to sleep with this guy so i'm never going to tell him not to mention all the danger that transgender women live in Mm -hmm. telling people stuff like that the you know people act like if you tell someone on the third date hey i'm hiv positive and i would like to block like you won't go to fucking facebook and twitter i've seen what people talk about i've seen people post shit from like a text message that said hey baby you want to can i come over tonight chick take a picture of it on their iphone post that shit on twitter these niggas is thirsty as shit imagine telling somebody a big ass secret like hey i have hiv Mm -hmm. that i live with every day um you know and we've been dating for a while you don't know what the fuck somebody's gonna say on, on on date two nope fuck around be on instagram or some shit like yep it, it takes a while to gain trust and people just want to skip past that because they're so fucking selfish about them it's like tell me now i want to know right goddamn now it's like we might not even like each other true and on top of that it goes back to what i i i believe this with all my heart everybody every motherfucking body think that they're a nice person and every motherfucking body think they're mature enough to handle everybody's business they're not you see it on Instagram, you see it on Twitter, you see it on Facebook, you see people tell people things and talk to people behind the scenes and people put that shit out on a public platform for everybody to joke and pick and laugh at and motherfuckers think that shit is funny. But at the same time, when it comes to you, you oh tell me, tell me why, so you can do the same thing to me? No. You know who I worry wonder about? All the people that probably have STDs, because if you look at the percentages people have them yes they do but if you go on twitter facebook if your circle of friends in real life nobody got no diseases y'all nobody's got anything you know it doesn't matter the rate of herpes could be fucking 50 percent. nobody you know has it y'all can sit around and joke about it and i always wonder is like when people go ham like this on twitter and shit where it's all you know all these you know if you got hiv you better fucking Get out here and tell me the second that we see each other. Like, I always wonder if there's just people silently being like, well, this is why I don't talk about it. Yeah. This is why I don't, you know, the only people we know that have HIV are Magic Johnson, Easy e and activists. That's it. There's no regular people with it because regular people can't afford to talk about it because they get stigmatized. I mean, stereotyped or, or get a stigma attached to it that they can't fucking uh, deal with. True, and 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 it's something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. And I think that when it, at the end of the day, uh, for a lot of people, they feel judged, and for a lot of people, they feel like, oh, when you put stuff out on social media, people watch that, and people see that, and people adjust themselves accordingly to the shit that you put out there, and they go, oh, okay, this is how you really feel about this shit. And if I was somebody that was dating you or was interested in you and I had a disease or something like that, I would like, okay, we can't be together. I don't want to be associated with you because you're not mature enough to handle this. Yeah, I, I mean, because to me, Shabby is just a jumping point. I don't really give a fuck about his opinion, Mm-mm. but 
it's just so funny that people um you know rush past logic because they're just like me 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 but you know instead of thinking about what about me all the time sometimes you got to approach it from what about us because i think what people are really running from is the devastating feeling that you get when you attach yourself to somebody that is going to perish or is going to live in suffering or is going to have to adjust you're going to have to adjust your life for this person and that's one of the reasons that a lot of relationships can't work out and won't work out is because people refuse to deal with those things and hiv would be one of those things where it's a game changer and so what people are really saying is don't let me care about you as a person on a human being level uh don't let me plan anything in my life around you because I don't want to ever have to deal with the pain of being like, well, maybe we would have to adopt children instead of having our own. Maybe um, sex would have to be, uh, you know, a, a certain type of way. Um, maybe, you know, like they don't want to make any of these compromises for mm-hmm. another person. It's like, well, you're already approaching it like that. Um, and the reason you're saying it if you're being honest with yourself, it's just you don't want to have any pain attached to dealing with this person. Yeah, and also, uh, you said it, a lot of people never, ever go into a relationship with the we. Every relationship that a lot of people enter in, even some marriages, is is still I. Mm -hmm. We married, but I have this, and I have this, and and you, and that's yours, and things like that. And a lot of people have gotten to the point to where they are afraid to make commitments and they don't want to commit to anybody. And uh, they have the right to do that. But at the same time, when you commit, that, like you said, that's when the feelings and the emotions and all that stuff and uh, comes out. And that's something that people aren't mature enough to handle or either they don't want to deal with. Well, you know what's crazy is if you want to get married, you're going to deal with this shit anyway. Yeah, if you do, your son. If if you're trying to be married and you your goal is to be married until the day you guys die, if that's your goal, you're signing up to watch someone die. You're signing up for if they get in a car wreck. You're signing up for if uh, you you lose a child. You're signing up for all this shit. Life has a way of just coming at you, no matter what you plan and no matter what you try to do. Um, so you're gonna have to deal. Period. You know. Um. Yep. Because uh, uh, <clears throat> we was out to eat today, and there was a, a couple uh, beside us. It was mm-hmm. like a mom, a dad, and a little boy. And little boy was eating. And I don't know if he wasn't feeling good or what, but they was there. And all of a sudden, I happened to cut at the corner of my eye, and that little boy threw up on every goddamn thing. And then mama had to rush to the bathroom. He was just puking on everything. But you know what? That's just a part of life, and a lot of people don't really consider those things when they consider being married and having children because you know as far as they're concerned we're just out having a good time and and the baby was sneezing it's not running out his nose but like you say that's just life itself and and it's one of those things where people want to get to the point where they want the attachment without the caring and that's impossible yeah i couldn't even look over there by the way i would have thrown up so i just pretended it didn't happen it was, it, so it was actually hilarious to me that little yeah, okay. <laughs> i just threw like extra bur- uh, birth control pills and karen's burrito and then I, <laughs> I, I fed it to her like ike turner eat the eat the eat the burrito um but yeah it was too gross i would yeah, thro- i, mean, I would have thrown up just talking about it right now is making me nauseous i'm sorry it's disgusting and, uh, and it wasn't funny with the child throwing up. it was funny about the parents reaction because they mm-hmm. started panicking and shit and it was just funny watching them next topic <laughs> Um, Y'all see why we don't have kids, right? Yeah, I'm not throwing up on the show. Is that what you want? 
No. Um, so, um, I made a joke on Twitter that the hardest part about public breastfeeding for me as a man is the looks I get from other people who judge me for suckling. And, um, <laughs> most people got it, laughed or rolled their eyes or whatever. You know, I, not every joke can be great. Um, but, um, <clears throat> apparently there was a, uh, somebody following me that's like a, public breastfeeding advocate or some shit which is like a weird thing to be i guess but since people do get all weird about that shit i guess you know you need those people to tell people to pull their titties out and feed their babies you know um (laughs) but it was but it was crazy though because this person was like uh sir and i was like sir like anytime i get sir on twitter it's always something bad it's never Mm -hmm. it's always somebody's like i refuse to have a sense of humor about this and you need to too and i was like sir (laughs) yeah and i was like what basically you know like i because i looked at the tweet like should i even respond to this person i was like what you know it's like well um you know there's a lot of stigma with breastfeeding in public and we don't need to add to that with jokes i was like first of all it's not we this is your personal agenda Mm -hmm. not mine nope uh secondly um my joke isn't adding to shit like it's not like now everybody's gonna be like ew breastfeeding i was okay with it but rodimus prime on twitter said (laughs) and changed my mind yeah like i was like no you like to fight about this and then sure enough people started popping up my dms and my mentions like oh no she's crazy she likes to fight about this it's her pet issue i'm like look i'm not trying to stop anybody from having a pet issue on twitter but keep that shit away from me. Yeah. I don't care. Sure don't. I don't care about your pet issue, man. It's, and, and I mean it in a good way, too. When you're tweeting about it 700 times in a row, I will never hop in your mentions and be like, so what's the problem? Me be like, me I don't either. care. Me either. And I think that's what makes me mad when people jump on, come into my timeline. I was like, motherfucker, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, this but- this morning I had somebody... um you know, I post news articles and I make like a, a quip or a joke when I at the end of the news article. Mm-hmm. So one of the ones I posted was, you know, a very scary article, but they they got the person. It was uh, it was um, my baby Sandra Bullock. Um, some dude tried to run up in her crib with a assault rifle. <gasps> she was home. He wasn't at the money. He was after her. Oh, luckily uh, the police got him in custody and everything's okay. So uh, this morning I was I tweeted that link and I was like. Uh wow, she was blindsided. And she was. And somebody hit me up like, jokes, sir. And I'm like, oh, here we go, sir, again. But it was like, yeah, it's a joke because everything's okay. It's not like I'm putting her life in danger. Like, hey, it's cool to me. You, we should do that. Like, it's a joke. Yesterday when I tweeted it, uh, I remember the article didn't say anything about him having a gun, but it said he was looking for her. And I was like, wow, the gravity of this situation. And, you know, cause <laughs> that's a good one too. Right. And a couple of people responded back, you know, uh, uh, hopefully the police got there with speed. And I said, well, you know, they were probably feeling the heat. So, ah! so like, you know, and the people that know that I make light of shit, like I'm not, um, just a complete ass. Well, I might be a complete ass. So I don't know. But the point being like, it wasn't putting anybody's life in danger. It wasn't, you know, uh, 
I, I really can't see any other side to this where anyone's on the on the other side. Like people should be able to run up in your house with a gun and take you. What's the problem? Like nobody's yeah, arguing that. No, nobody's even bringing that up. Yeah, it's like it's just a joke. And then later on this afternoon, I saw that person getting into it with someone about some shit. And you know what I did? Scroll right by because it's not my fucking business. Like it's okay, whatever you want to do on your timeline. It's not for me to come in and like intervene and stop you from being the kind of person. We have so many tools on social media. We have mute. We have unfollow. We have block. We don't have to fight about this or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. Like, I don't need to check you and be like, well, do you realize what you're doing right now? No, you realize you're an adult. You just don't care. And that's what happens with me sometimes. I don't always care. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your breastfeeding. I don't care about uh, Sandra Bullock once they get the, the criminal in custody. You know what I mean? Like, these are not my issues. So I, I leave them alone, you know? And even the issues I do have, I don't run up in people's timeline to fight them on it. Nope. You know? So, um, but yeah, and not that that person was trying to fight, but just Mm-mm. this idea of, like, we got to check each other's jokes and all this shit. Like, we don't need to. You no. know I'm joking. No, we we, we sure don't need to. And uh, my thing is this. I don't have a goddamn thing to do with your nonsense and humor. Get your non-funny ass away from here and go be unfunny somewhere else. Yeah, let it rot. I, I said last week as a joke, uh, people aren't rooting. First of all, it's rooted in a little bit of truth, but I said people aren't rooting for the Spurs. They're, they're rooting against the heat. Oh, for some and people, that's true. I'm rooting for the heat because I don't want to see racist smile. And uh, our girl Liz locker room was like, hey, uh, not everybody is rooting. I was like, it's, but it's a joke though. Yeah. Is it? I'm like, yes, it's obviously a joke. Well, I've been telling people this all day. That's your fault. Yeah. Don't, I don't got don't, nothing to do with your Don't time waste your line. time. Don't waste your time telling people this all day is not helping. And I, and I don't want to just argue, but it fucking sucks. You know, the, the well actually, and not a hundred percent every time you generalize it. And I'm also telling a joke. You know, now I'm not saying you got to think the joke is funny. You can go, that's corny, that's terrible, I fucking hate it. But you can also move the fuck on. Like, we don't need to argue about everything. No. And it's like, um, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, since she refused to be like, I, I didn't do nothing wrong. I just went through her timeline, everything, that she, every joke she made, everything. Oh, not all of them, Liz. Well, actually, Liz, some, <laughs> of, the, some of the people that like the Knicks do not say that. Well, I'm a, and then, you know, she was like, well, I, I know that you're, um, you know, I know that you're a, uh, uh, Heat fan. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a Bobcat slash Hornets fan. She was like, well, you know, during the NFL season, you like the Panthers. I said, I like the Eagles. Stop while you're behind. I'm the Panthers fan. I know. I said, so I said, Karen likes the Panthers. I was like, what are you doing? You Now I don't want to go with you at all anymore. Oh. We almost unfollowed each other that day, man. It was crazy. Why? Because people got to check the humor all the time. What happened to just, I don't like this joke and move on. It's my personal hang up and it ain't funny to me when people say I'm rooting for the Spurs because I'm a racist. Well then move on. You're not going to police all the jokes out of the world. If anything, and, and I'm not the kind of person that actually makes, um, jokes that I didn't think about in some extent. So most yeah. of the time you're just going to get me explaining to you why I'm okay with me making that joke and I'm not sorry. And then we're going to end up getting into a big ass kerfuffle. For no fucking reason other than keep scrolling. I scroll past people's shit every day. I can go I on my too. timeline right now and probably find five things where I'm like, don't give a fuck about this shit. This is stupid. Disagree. And you know what I do? I scroll past every last one of them. So keep scrolling. Um, but all right. So that was weird today. Uh, and that's been going on for like a week. You know, it was like the third or fourth time. I was like, somebody got to say something. 
Um, yeah, you're a better man than me because you know me. Mm-mm. I use all the tools at my uh, discretion. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I mean, I use I them too. Patience. I use them too. But, you know, I'm just you saying. You want to have conversations. Mm-mm. What are we talking about? Well, you won't talk. No, nah, you know what? That's not fair because you won't talk to them and then you'll go talk to me about it for yes. an hour. And that's not the same. That <laughs> uh, Like, I'll just tell them online that I have a problem with this shit. Like, I don't have any problem being like, yeah, I, what you just did was fucked up. You know, if they can't deal, they can't deal. But I'm not going to, you know, police myself. It's my fucking timeline. Like, that's true. I don't know who these people are that, like, it's like, it's like they want to bully people into doing shit, man. Like, true. For example someone put a change.org petition change.org my favorite website on the fucking internet the same place that can get egypt's uh regime changed and galvanize people to overthrow a government is the same place where someone pulls out a petition to ask beyonce to comb blue ivy's hair what why they, they don't have nothing else to do. Someone saw a picture of Blue Ivy rocking the natural outside. And it's beautiful with that flower. And they decided that she needs to comb her hair, put some flat iron to it, whatever it takes. Put them chemicals in the little baby's hair, whatever you got to do. Mm, that's that why, that's why you got these babies bald head and their edges toe up now because a lot of parents won't let the child's hair just naturally grow out to uh, get to a certain age. Yeah, so some some lady started a change.org petition. Uh, people found out who it was, by the way. Of um, course. Found her Facebook page. Um, As a woman who understands the importance of hair care, I, it's disturbing to watch a child suffering from the lack of hair moisture. How the you parents, know she's suffering? The parents of Blue Ivy, Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, and Beyonce, have fa- has failed at numerous attempts of doing Blue Ivy hair. How you know they? How you know Blue ever ain't got on beauticians? This matter has escalated to child developing matted dreads and lint balls. Please let the world, uh, please get the word out to properly care for Blue Ivy. Like I said, this is why I hate. Uh, why I hate change.org. Right now it's at nine hundred forty nine signatures. Uh, I don't know what this is. I also don't know what's supposed to happen when you get to a thousand signatures. Well, you, someone gonna walk, is someone gonna walk into Blue Ivy's, uh, and Jay Z's house and send him a, a, a letter, a certified envelope and be like, sir, ah! the people at change.org need you to know about your daughter's hair. It reached a thousand signatures, sir. It's bigger than me and you. It's bigger than us. Someone has to address the hair. You know, like. Of your child. Of your child. Your child. Yeah, but it's the world. It's it's Black America's child, okay? It's a black baby by a black couple. Everybody owns some of that child. It takes a village, Karen. Mm. MHP was right. Your child mm. belongs to Where's the world. Where's the change.org about uh, taking Terry away from his parents? Uh, that was one on that, too. Yeah, we did that yesterday. Okay. Remember? Yeah. It's always change.org, man. You can go do anything at change.org. I don't, it's the craziest site because it was strong enough to get, like, the promoter for the Zimmerman fight to call off the fight, which is awesome. But then it's also petty enough that you can talk about a baby's hair. So this, this like, so this is interesting to watch unfold because the same people that advocate for like keeping, even if you're mad at someone, you, you don't want to put them in danger by publicizing their information, putting it out there for the world to see, uh, 
you know, putting their government out there. People can find their address. We all know how the, the, the Bay Hive can be. Mm-hmm. So these people immediately went, found this person's Facebook page mm-hmm. that started it, put her picture out there. They were talking shit about the way she looks, talk, put her government name out there, you know, so anybody could go look it up and find her and all this mm-hmm. shit. And I was, you know, and it was just magnificent hypocrisy to watch unfold where it was just like, yep. it's weird when people decide they don't give a fuck. Like they just go, I give a fuck with, like, I, I remember we talked about this before and, and I said, it's to me, the only thing I've been able to determine with the rules or the slander shit is if people like you, then that's when they go, don't put a picture up. And they want to have compassion. That, that's a baby. That's a, that's somebody's, you know, like, oh, it's like, well, you talked about a baby so we can do anything. You're like, well, let's be honest. We're all somebody's baby. Ain't that the truth? You know, which is why I don't talk about anybody negatively. I'm just kidding. Fuck everybody. I talk about all y'all <laughs> niggas. Um, but you know, it's just weird though. Cause it, uh, you know, I've seen people post baby pictures and go, this is an ugly baby or, uh, yeah, look at this picture that. of this baby. The baby look like it smoked Newports and everybody sends oh, the picture around. Lord, I don't. Then you post a picture of somebody's baby that everybody likes and it's like, get this down off the internet or mm-hmm. we will burn you down. Attica. Attica. So, <laughs> like coming for your, for your neck. Yeah. I'll, I'll just be looking at the fucking timeline of my hand on my head. It's like, what are the rules? I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Uh, but I, I really think, think it's there. that simple. I don't think there's no rules. I think it's that simple. I think the rule is if you like somebody, then they have rights. You know? Okay, when you don't like them, fuck it. Remember the racist lady from last week? People put her fucking address on the internet, her kids' names. Like, you know, you can find out where these kids went to school. All this shit. That could be a dangerous situation, a highly volatile situation where some people are going to be amped the fuck up because like, oh, this bitch calling people niggas. I will fucking find her and end her. Luckily, nothing happened to her, but it's that's the thing that people do like mm-hmm. people don't give a fuck when they don't like you man like you better stay likable because the second the second you don't everything's okay you know what i mean yes, i don't understand put your address out here put your damn pictures where you work like the second people don't like some shit you did they don't give a fuck man it's um and like i said i don't really care to save any of these motherfuckers but it's always funny to me because if somebody does it to fucking suey park then we gotta see 75 think pieces on why it's so fucking wrong mm-hmm. but somebody talk bad about a child that's nobody's in on twitter's baby she got to fucking die man like it's whoo y'all motherfuckers are crazy man oh. insane leave that baby alone blue ivy is precious yeah she can't even read yet she don't even she, how she gonna know she, the change petition like she a baby mm-hmm. shit she got all she got two petition uh, two beauticians that do her hair every morning what y'all talking about a lot of y'all can't afford one uh speaking of babies uh apparently uh stevie J owes a million dollars in child support got to body oh sleeve sleeves oh how could you do it to me sleeves oh is what they telling me the truth dog are they telling me the truth they walked up in my office dog they saying y'all. They saying that this ain't even your own home, Sleezo. Oh, can you believe this, son? Oh, uh, we need to start our own. We're supposed to start our own bar, but we a million dollars in debt already. 
Sleezo and Zeno or Zeno and Sleezo. I'm about to take you off the cover, dog. Smallest loft bar in the in the history of Atlanta. <laughs> Why is that bar so small? I don't know. Oh, Sleezo, million dollars. Well, he's home now on twenty five thousand dollars bond, which I, proportionally that doesn't add up, but. I guess it wasn't a million dollars bail. It was just a million dollars he owes in child support. Yes. Uh, U.S. Attorney Preet Bahara. Uh, oh wait, Barara. Okay, Barara, uh, says Jordan failed to pay, uh, his name is Stephen Jordan. He failed to pay support for two children while earning $27,000 a month. Is that crazy? When was this? I guess royalties and shit because he made all those hits back in the day. Yep. Court documents show Jordan has was required to pay nearly six thousand six hundred per month in nineteen ninety nine. That amount increased to eight thousand six hundred per month in two thousand eleven. Stevie J's attorney Daniel Meacham called the allegations preposterous. Oh, well, I call it good TV. Can't wait to see what happens at the end of the season. Oh yes, I know them. Them women ain't calling it preposterous because they ain't got that motherfucking money. Yeah, I guess uh, they didn't get on the bus don't know uh people were really excited about this now i i i feel really relieved because to me this is the ultimate sign that my goal to excise excise my life for of of like petty ass politics that i can't control but i just keep getting mad about has worked okay because eric cantor republican virginia house majority leader Mm mm-hmm he lost last night. I thought that was, it was funny to me. And apparently he, his people thought he was going to win in a landslide by 44%. And he lost by 10. Ooh. So math it was not his friend. Mm-mm. He paid the person that did this the $75,000 to be wrong. That's how much the poster got paid. Um, that, that's, uh, that feels like you should never work again in this industry. <laughs> No, who, whoever told him that, uh, they'll, they'll never, nobody else will ever hire them. He's like, well, it was a margin of error of 55%. So, apparently <laughs> so. I mean, I was close. And, and they were saying that he spent like 10 to 1, uh, for the person that was running against him. And they were saying like some of the dinners and fundraisers and things he was having was more than the other person's whole budget that they spent. Excuse me, that they spent. Um, I think the other was like a professor at a university somewhere. So on the one hand, yay for democratic elections. It shows that people have a voice. You can't just spend money and, and buy yourself an election every time. Mm-mm. Here's the problem. The nigga that won is a tea party dude. Mm-hmm. It's still a loss to me. Like, that they they voted for him probably because he's even more right wing than this asshole. Yep, more extreme. And I think they was I was at the NPR. They were talking about this, and they were saying that um, his uh, people like in that area. I think it's like a Virginia in that area. A lot of them want it, wants him to be more extreme. They want him to just be more outlandish. And and he was already saying that he was the guy who was. They were going to make sure the president only had one term. And my thing, how much more extreme can you get? And my thing is this: he was doing his damnedest to fight against Obama. 
He was the one of the loudest people um, of the Republicans. Uh, but there, but there are some people like this. When it comes to politics, there are some things that y'all gonna have to motherfucking talk about. Um, and especially when the government shut down and shit like that, they had to negotiate. A lot of those people in that district were upset that they even negotiated. It's like motherfucker, the country can't fucking shut down because this, but they are so radical that they don't give a fuck. And that was like, oh, you ain't doing what we want to do. We ain't voting for you. Well, you know what it is though is um, it, they 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 are able to rally you up with these promises and speeches, but they can't know none of them can deliver. It's like we're gonna mm-hmm. repeal Obamacare. Say it, say it, say it till you're blue in the face. It doesn't make it true. No, it does not. You know what I mean? Like it's just another way for them to get votes and get reelected. And in this case, um, people got tired of these promises and they wanted somebody even harder than he was and they voted this other dude in so yeah and the, the tea party's not good Mm-mm. you know like so it's like i'm i it was hard for me to party on it because i haven't been following cantor really since he said the shit about one term Obama. i'm like well fuck this nigga obviously moved on with my life like haven't kept up with anything else he tried to do i'm sure he's a terrible person um uh, but it was just one of those moments where i actually was kind of happy like Oh, cool. I haven't been following politics like I promised myself I would stay out of most of it. Me too. And my mental health has been much better. Oh, yeah. I Not can't. stressing my shit. I can't help. Mm-mm. Um, I'd rather, if I'm gonna stress about something I can't help, let me stress about the next, uh, Godzilla movie than this shit. At least I can have fun joking about that and not have to worry about actual lives being affected. But, um, yep. You know, Tea Party's never good, man. Oklahoma. They have a Tea Party candidate that supports stoning gay people to death. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tea Partiers are always a bit more rabid, a bit more hateful, a bit more illogical than even Republicans. Yeah, and the thing about it is that they don't give a fuck about the rules, the regulations, the laws. They they don't they don't care about um how things have normally been run. They're basically uh, a lot of the AM stations. They are those people that, that, that call up and just say crazy shit. And everybody goes, yeah, 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 yeah. They'll let you talk, uh, but they know you're crazy. And they know that a lot of times that stuff is not uh, feasible. But these people uh, have came in. They basically turned the tables over in the party. It was like, we running the goddamn show. And if it's up to them, well, nobody had no rights. Mm-hmm. Women wouldn't have no rights. Minorities wouldn't get shit. Uh, the government would be upside down. And they would, wouldn't care. Everybody would have a gun. Um, and it's one of those things where society can't function like that. It just can't. Well, like you said, they're the crazy caller to the Republican radio station in everybody's town that everybody goes, oh, that's extra crazy ed that the republican people love like they they root them on like yeah buddy but it's just a big ass rallying speech that can't happen right mm-hmm. it's always we need to shrink government down to the size of a thimble and we need to stop worrying about affirmative action and racism and we need to stop doing this and we need to do that and we need to get your goddamn hands off my gun and like you know it gets to a point where it's a bunch of rallying cries but it's not actually how anyone should govern no well those people are being elected to office now yes they are you know, which I think is a total reaction to the fact that we have a black president. Yeah. So uh, people are trying to push back harder than ever. 
uh on the fact that hey there's a black person in office uh we need to sound the alarm and push even harder to the right because look how far left we're getting it's a black dude and my thing is that um when you have these people in there and they don't give a fuck about trying to get more women, trying to get more minorities. The Republican Party is like, what can we do to clean our image? A lot of Tea Partiers don't give a fuck about those votes. Well, yeah, but not just that, but the Republicans don't really give a fuck either. No, they it's don't. It's just lip service. They yes, say it, but it they is. don't change anything. It's, nope. It, to me, the Republicans are like the Catholic Church. Oh, we would like to get these kind of people in our, our congregation. Okay, what are you going to do to change? Well, nothing, really. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. still going to have the exact same beliefs we had yesterday, but we just would like these people to come hear these beliefs. Like, that's not how it works. No, it's not. And and when y'all actually are attached to each other, because a lot of times the Tea Partiers are Republicans, um, as far as, you know, how they are represented and things like that, uh, then they wonder a lot of times why uh, in certain districts, in certain areas, they lose because a lot of people's like, I'm not voting for crazy yeah, and the but what's but the thing is the dude, they are winning though. Some of them are winning, Karen. Oh, they are yeah, voting okay. for crazy. This okay. guy won because he was crazy as shit, and because he wasn't Eric Cantor. Like he was more to the right, and you know already he's fucking up in interviews, saying crazy shit. It's the greatest day of my life. Uh, I have a daughter, a son. I'm married, but this the greatest day of all time. You know, like. <laughs> he's not ready like he they asked him mm-hmm. something i can't remember what it was about like gay rights or something he said i don't i'm not prepared to have a statement on the position on that he's not ready they mm-hmm. just did they just like fuck it get the crazy dude in there that's what we need uh but yeah the dude said uh um uh, uh scott esque is his name um said uh i think we should totally be in the right to do it to endorse stoning gay people to death uh, he said that Stone and Dave gave people to death, uh, goes against some parts of libertarianism. I realize I'm largely libertarian, but ignoring as a nation things that are worthy of death is very remiss. When a Facebook user messaged him to clarify, he responded, I never said I would author legislation to put homosexuals to death, but I didn't have a problem with it. Understandably unnerved, the magazine called up, asked for clarification. Although, as claimed, he didn't remember the comments, he fleshed out his views. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was done in the Old Testament under a law that came directly from God. And in that time, there it was totally just. It came directly from God. I have no plans to reinstitute that in Oklahoma law. I do have some very huge moral misgivings about those kinds of sins. Press one final time about his position on stoning gay human beings to death. Ask Doug in his hill. I knew, I know that was done in the Old Testament and what was done back then was what's just and I do stand for biblical morality. These motherfuckers voted this nigga in the office. It's funny because it's always, um, you know, there's always this assumption like with certain religious shit where it's just like, well, obviously not that part of the religion. It's like, well, some people believe in that part of the religion. Like, it the shit can be a problem, you know. You talking about? I mean, that's an extreme example, but you know, stoning gay people to death. You know, y'all ain't never gonna get the fucking get married in that state. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't make it past these stoning gay, it's like he's like, I'm doing you a favor, and I'm not gonna stone you to death. So, come on, guys, you gotta work with me too. 
don't be trying to get married and be in relationships and kissing shit uh i'm not reading this whole article because it's literally a few thousand words and i we don't have the time but uh despin did a write-up on uh jason whitlock Mm -hmm. uh by greg howard which was one of the fucking uh best things i've ever read in my life Mm. i got quoted in it uh near the bottom uh making a joke about jason whitlock um and uh so you you know everybody can go read it if they want to it's very long but uh it's all the problems i've had with the dude on a just a regular level i do think it was kind of shady because the premise of the article is this this guy was going to be hired by jason whitlock who was supposed to start the black grantland for espn right now what that is for people that don't know grantland is like a spinoff site of espn that covers pop culture and sports from a different perspective it's run by bill simmons so what espn has been doing is they give their coveted writers their own space on the internet to go and have you know a budget and freedom to sign up young okay. writers and create their own this their like, area right huh this this their own entity yeah their okay. own brand you know, it still belongs to ESPN, but, okay. you know, a little less controlling, a little less like, oh, it doesn't have to be about sports. If you want to write reviews of The Wire, if you want to do. Okay. Like, so that. So they did it for uh for Bill Simmons. They've done it for a couple other people. So they wanted to do a black one. So they uh thought that a good person to head that would be Jason Whitlock. Now, we've covered many Jason Whitlock articles on the show. People know how I feel about him and his work. Um his work to me uh at best is um misguided in a lot of stuff that he goes Mm -hmm. into um not very intellectual but if at worst um it feels like he's doing it on purpose to be the contrarian and but by 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 contrarian i mean contrarian to most black people because he pretty much endorses the racist mindset of people that stereotype all the negative things about black people yeah it's and anything that happens it even if it's done to black people even if it's not us being involved it's our fault somehow yeah it's them niggas over there type of thing so espn in true uh oblivious white man uh like point of view thought jason whitlock extremely popular writer and black and those two things are, are right. He's very popular in America mm-hmm. and he's black. That's true. So they said, who better to lead our um, charge to get young black writers and stuff uh, and get his own sec- section of the of our of our Internet and uh, go and do his thing. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. This is all alleged in the article. You know, maybe the person's lying. Maybe they're making it all up. Um, some of this stuff seems very easy to believe, but maybe, you know, I'm sure he would disagree with some of it. Right. So, um, they wanted him as the face and they haven't been able to get the shit launched now because niggas are not, niggas is turning down these jobs. Like they taking yes. other jobs. Now, you know, part of this could be, cause I, I think if he has the money of ESPN behind him, it doesn't really matter what he believes. People will work with him because people like writers are notoriously broke. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the uh, part of the thing that was like kind of questionable to me was this idea that, well, no, no black people will work with him. I'm like, I don't know. It could be that he won't work with any black people. He might not find there's any black writers worth putting up there for him. 
that, or um or the ones that he does want maybe those are the ones that have options and those and they go i'd rather not do that you're still fleshing some shit out you know i'm gonna go work for this other person you know that and the fact that you can't write about everything is black folks fault and then go well black folks i need for you to write something for me them niggas gonna be like nigga i don't want to write for you because the shit i write about you would never let see the light of day right well there's that you know that's that question you don't know for sure but there's a lot of uh there's not a lot of black people that approach issues the same as him Mm -mm. and at the end of the day if he's the boss if he gets to decide you know if you disagree um and so there's also this unspoken rule which i grew tired of anyway where people that are black writers are not supposed to ever go at each other a rule that he's violated he went out to scoop jackson i remember that very vividly it's why he pretty much lost his job at espn the first time around and it's funny because in a world where so many people dislike this dude they don't go on the record to say it because they're scared that He'll be petty. He'll be vindictive. He's going to get he has more, a lot of power. Yeah. He'll get more power than them and he'll shut them down somehow. And that's the eternal fear of being, you know, in a peer group where there's not very many black people. And then they've decided that the black person that is the in the no guy is the guy that seems to hate black people, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, that, so, you know, and like I said, I don't even know that he believes the shitty types or not. But I know that business-wise is a good move because it confirms so many fears that white people already have. It confirms that things, nothing that, that white people do is their fault or the uh, affects, uh, affects the community more than anything black people do to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, that's his whole philosophy. Yes, it is. It's predictable at this point. A, art, some, some, a news thing happens, and then I go, this is what Will I was going to say. 48 hours later, I'm reading it. It's hip hop's fault. It's the black KKK. It's basketball mm-hmm. people having tattoos. It's it's everything but whatever the fuck happened to you know originally, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I just find it, you know, um, I just thought that article was just a great read, and I can't recommend it more. Make sure you have some time on your hands because it's a lot of reading, but uh, enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, in lighter news, a newspaper tweeted a picture of an Afghan aid worker's flashlight. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm, yep. When you go save refugees in a war zone, you take on the essentials. First aid, meal kits, knife, poncho liner, rubberized, anal, vaginal, orifice for self-pleasure. Mm-hmm. Get them all in there. Yep, you're going to be out there for a while. Yep, took a picture of the flashlight, tweeted it out. Nobody was like, hey, dog, you might want to move that. Afghan humanitarian relief worker David Haggins. No oh, Lord. So... If you guys wondering uh, who's getting freaky in the war zone with themselves, Dave, we gotta go. The bombs are coming. Gotta go save these refugees. Just a minute. I'll be out in a second. Um. So yeah, I just thought that was funny. Oh, thing. Um. Apparently, the uh, Associated Press is reporting that. Um, there was some New York strippers that were accused of drugging rich patrons and stealing $200,000. I feel like we may have covered this one a while back, um, but maybe it's an update or something. Um, four female strippers in New York have been charged with spiking the drinks of rich men, taking the impaired victims to clubs where as, mu- where as much as $200,000 in charges were billed to their credit cards. New, York office, New York's offices of special narcotics prosecutor 
the federal judge, uh, the FDA, uh, New York office and the New York police have arrested four adult entertainers and a club manager on charges that include grand larceny, conspiracy and forgery. The arrest, the results of an eight month probe began in Mon- on Monday. Those charged were Samantha Barbarish, wait, Barbash, Rosalind Keogh, Karina Pasucci and Marcy Rosen. The manager of the Roadhouse Club, Car- Carmine Vitolo, was charged with conspiracy, grand larceny, and tampering with physical evidence. Mm. Barbash's attorney, Stephen Murray, told the Associated Press on Wednesday that his client denied the charges. The four victims lost $200,000 from last September to December. The victims included people in banking, law, and medicine. They Cor- knew who to target, didn't they? Hmm? I said, Hi, yeah. they knew who to target. According to officials, the women allegedly drugged the men with methylene, commonly known as Molly. Or other drugs after arranging to meet them at upscale bars in the New York area. The victims, reeling from the effect of the drugs, were taken to clubs where a variety of services, including private rooms, meals, and drinks, were charged on the victim's credit card. The women then received part of the proceeds. The victims later reported waking up in their cars or in a hotel room with little to no memory of the encounters. If they disputed the credit card bills, they received texts from the strippers threatening to make the encounters public. Wow. Yep. So they were blackmailing people. It's crazy. Molly has that effect, and uh, someone's finally using it on men. Yeah, most of the time it's used on women. <laughs> yep. Yep. Rick Ross thought, Rick Ross read this article and said, What's wrong with that? Nothing. Darren Sharper was like, And they didn't fuck him? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Waste of a Molly. Mm hmm. Strippers and Molly. Taking people money. Um. We also got this article, an uh, update on something we already covered. Charity Ann Johnson, who was arrested by police last month uh, after it was discovered that she was posing as a 15-year-old. I remember this, yes. At an East Texas high school. I'll put a picture in the chat room so you, to refresh your memories, guys. Yeah, she had, like, everybody was shocked that she made it, even had a best friend crush that baby. So turned out she was 34 years old. She's been sentenced to 85 days in jail by a judge after pleading guilty to failure to identity. I mean, identify. Johnson, That's all? Yeah, Johnson will also be charged with a $277 fine and has That's- already been in jail for nearly a month following her arrest by police May 13th. Wow. I mean, well, what can you really get her for, though, Karen? Like, what oh, charges are you looking for? I don't know, but... <laughs> I mean, you say that's all, like... What did she do that was, you know, I guess so criminal that you think she should I, get more time? I don't know. I, I, and, and I'm, I'm, and I guess I'm thinking that for a, you're impersonating the child. You around these children. You really don't have permission there. You had common sense, but you know, you placed the life of those children in jeopardy, the life of those teachers in jeopardy. I mean, because you're a grown ass woman pretending to be a child. But why are you putting their lives in jeopardy? Where are you getting that from? Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just thinking you a grown ass woman pretending to be a child. Like you could hurt or harm somebody. Maybe I'm just thinking of it from a different perspective. I'm like, there's no crime for you. Just, so you basically can can be an adult, go pretend to be a child, and there's no repercussions. That I mean, you go to jail for ninety days for impersonating a child. Yeah, there's there are repercussions, but you like, what do you want them to do? Take put her in prison? Like. I don't really know, but I, death penalty. You think no, a death no, penalty? Would no, 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 no,
Um, no, and it sounds like she's done this in the past, right? And that, mm-hmm. that I guess that's my thing. It's like you've done this before. This is kind of re- this is your thing. She acted like a kid. She did her homework. She got good report cards. Apparently, she wasn't having sex with any kids. True. Uh, her lie began to unravel after Oza Remy Obasiki, who runs a Dallas-based What About Us, a nonprofit that helps hey. women and girls, and whom Johnson told she was 14, began to suspect that Johnson was older than she said she was. And I also have a question, too. Um, in her punishment, is there anything about mental health? Like, like, like to... For well, her. I mean, I don't see it in here. I mean, I don't and know. And the reason why, would... because you have to be mentally ill to want to pretend to be a child and want to go back to school. Or, I mean, possibly, yeah. yeah. Like, possibly. I'm not telling me funny. We don't know that for sure, but like, possibly. Some... I mean, it could be something fucked up happened in her life, and this is or, the reaction to it. She some... did have a boyfriend, but he was 23, so it wasn't like she was having sex with an 18-year-old. Although, you do want to know what kind of 23 year old dates a 15 year old that that's true and like i said and i guess my thing thinking from a teacher a, a parents or t- teacher's perspective i would be livid to know an adult was around my child like this and i had no idea nobody had no idea like as a parent that would be scary yeah it is scary but she didn't do anything really i mean she's going to jail that's right? true I don't know, man. I, I like I'm thinking about it too. It's just creepy, but it's not. Now that okay, okay, I, I think that's what it's more to me. It's more creepy than anything, and I think yeah, it's just she not, has a, a pattern yeah. of doing this, and so I think in addition to the other things, I think maybe there should be something counseling or something else to it. We don't know that that's not happening. Okay. Oh, that's so true too. That's true too. Wanna, that's true too. I don't want to say that. That's, I mean. Who knows what the, uh, we just know the 85 days in jail. Like, you know, these headlines, man, they just go for the part that people care about. 85 days in jail, $277 fine. Who knows? She could get probation, be remanded to counseling, That's all this true. shit, but yeah. people don't care about that. That's true, um, too. The dude that should be the most relieved is a 23-year-old boyfriend. Because uh, she would have been 15. He that was statutory. Going to jail. Yeah. So he was like, oh, thank God. Oh, Woo. I could stay out of prison. Um, I guess all that ass was real. Yeah. Ooh, thank God. I thought she could do some things that a fifteen year old shouldn't know, but I I didn't want to not go, didn't want to question my luck. Look gift what's in the mouth. Um we talked about Sandra Bullock earlier, but yeah, um she had a stalker who tried to break into her house while she was home and he had a machine gun. Um, which is scary as shit. This you know, uh Brad Pitt had a dude that attacked him on a red carpet, uh uh, I can't remember who the other person was. Maybe Parker Posey or somebody. Somebody tried to run up under her dress. Same dude that uh, attacked Brad Pitt. People are crazy, man. Yes, they are. You know? This is crazy. Uh, Bullock was in the house when Corbett allegedly broke in. She locked herself in the room until police arrived. Her son was not at home at the time. He was with a nanny. I know. She was glad. Law enforcement sources tell TMZ they are positive. Corbett did not break into the house to burglarize it. He was there for Sandra. We're told he didn't want to harm her. He wanted a face-to-face, whatever the fuck that means, right? It's a crazy person breaking into a house with a gun. What does that mean? And I would be scared to Well, he didn't have a machine gun at the time of the arrest, but they found it later, so. You coming in with a machine gun, but you want to have a face-to-face? Well, he he didn't have it at the time of the arrest, but who knows, right? Like, was it in the car? Was it at his house? I mean, anything. And if I was her, I'd be fucking scared to death but like you know what i'm motherfucking moving today yeah 
like wherever she is this address is well you know changing. what you know what though when people are crazy as fuck what can you really do like, that's, that's the big illusion of the world if you want to kill somebody and you just don't care about yourself you can do it yeah and you can find them too doesn't matter who the fuck they are that's you know you, people have killed the president the one person that we're all like you can't kill him yeah. people have done it because they yeah. just didn't give a fuck they're like if I get shot by Secret Service, I just get fucking shot. Mm-hmm. If I get killed uh, later on, I get killed. I don't give a fuck. Like, this is what I'm doing. Um. So, and, and celebrities are no different. It's just sad that we have a culture that worships celebrity like this, that but they become fixated upon by people. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, obviously, this person has mental health issues, and it's unpredictable what the fuck they can do you know yeah, and at the end of the day they know more people just like you and me but a lot of people don't look at them like that yeah that asshole that attacked um uh brad pitt he's doing his community service in a brad pitt t-shirt there's a picture with brad pitt on the front wow people are just fucking crazy it's, it's like what are we gonna do stop you from being crazy shonda rhymes mm-hmm. about got in trouble today uh hollywood reporter uh with the salacious head ta- ha- ha- uh headline Shonda Rhimes uses graduate urges graduates to stop dreaming. Says a hashtag is not helping. In a very candid and entertaining speech, the Grey's Anatomy creator also told Dartmouth class of 2014 that it's impossible to do it all. Now I don't have. I'm going to read this whole thing, but I didn't have a problem with anything she said. But I knew that her saying it would lead to people being mad. Ah, uh, and, and okay. Um, Dartmouth College alum Shonda Rhimes imparted her wisdom to the school's class of 2014 with an, entertain, an entertain, entertaining commencement uh, address. She, ca- uh, she called in part some random stuff, some random alum who runs a TV show thinks I should know before I graduate. After admitting to how nervous she was for giving a speech, I get this overwhelming feeling of fear, terror, really dry mouth, heart beats fast. Everything gets a little bit slow motion like I might pass out or die or poop my pants or something. So not off to a great start. (laughs) She's not a comedy writer. No. The creator of Grey's Anatomy and Scandal self uh, deprecatingly quipped that she felt wildly unqualified to give you advice. There is no wisdom here, she said. So all I can do is talk about some stuff that can maybe be useful to you. From one Dartmouth grad to another. Some stuff that won't ever show up in a Meredith Grey voiceover or a Papa Pope monologue. Uh, by the way, um, is it not kind of cool that Dartmouth went and found Shonda Rhimes and, you know, she gave the speech? Like, mm-hmm. that kind of got glossed over in this. All um, together. But be- it's kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. She's made it big enough to to do this. Um, she said, commencement speech givers usually tell graduates to dream and dream big and not stop dreaming until those dreams come to reality. I think that's crap. Ron said, arguing that only hard work makes dreams come true. Dis to dream and be a doer, not a dreamer. I'm on board so far. I am too. Mm-hmm. I am too. I think that when it comes to these commencement speeches, everybody tell, like, they lie to a lot of these graduates and give them, you know, butterflies in the sky and you can make it and dreams do come true. When 90 to 95% of them graduates, Within the five to ten years, will not be doing a goddamn thing related to their degree. But you know, you don't tell the students the truth because it makes everybody feel good, and you don't want to buzz kill the day, quote unquote. 
she also told graduates that the day at the conventions was going to be the worst day ever for you sharing her own story about how she never wanted to leave college into the real world what really happens is that to the rest of the world you are now at the bottom of the heap she said maybe you're an intern possibly a low-paid assistant and it is awful the real world it sucks so badly for me i felt like a loser all the time and more than a loser i felt lost but in spite of this she urged don't be an asshole Rhymes also encouraged graduates to spend some time volunteering and argued that a hashtag is not a form of activism. Now, this is where everybody got up in their feelings, but she's right. Yeah. She's like, well, don't just stop at just, well, don't just stop at a hashtag is what she's really paraphrasing. Do a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And now keep in mind, that sentence is not her words exactly. When she says a hashtag is not a form of activism, that's the writer saying that. They have the quote that she said, and I'll read that in a second, but she didn't exactly say hashtag is not a form of activism, you know, and that's it, you know. She says a hashtag is not helping. She said hashtag yes all women, hashtag take back the night, hashtag not tall men, uh, not all men, hashtag uh bring back our girls hashtag stop pretending hashtags are the same as doing something hashtags are very pretty on twitter i love them i will hashtag myself in the next week but a hashtag is not a movement a hashtag does not make you dr king a hashtag does not change anything it is a hashtag it's sitting on it's you sitting on your butt typing on your computer and then going back to binge watching your favorite show i do it all the time for me it's game of thrones so people got mad right on the one hand like i said i think hashtags have helped scandal mm-hmm. tremendously yeah and she and she's not knocking them she was saying that uh we are in a society where people take a hashtag and think that that's it i can take a hashtag and be somebody i can right. take a hashtag and be famous when she's like no it's more than a hashtag a hashtag ain't enough you gotta work you gotta grind you gotta put something more behind t- it but yeah. we live in a world where we're not about that real work we're about what's easy and convenient yeah if it doesn't become something um even if it's something online but if there's not some action put to it then it is kind of a waste you know mm-hmm. and i like i think there can be some things that are immeasurable like emotional healing and sharing and community but at the same time what can you do with those things is what really affects change in the world like it's not just starting a hashtag, but, you know, hey, here's a hashtag. And then everybody went to the streets and overthrew uh, Mubarak. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that that shit is here's a hashtag. And then we all march for Trayvon, you know, There's so, actions behind it. It's not just a hashtag. Right. And it seems that the theme of her speech was go do something. Don't just do this hashtag shit. But um, like I said, for a show that relies on hashtagging so much, people ain't going to read all this. They're not about to give her no benefit of doubt or no um, fucking, um, you know, and not to mention some people don't like her or her show already. True, or her writing. Yeah, they don't like the premise of the show. They don't like uh, any of this shit. So there's a lot of people that aren't, they got their personal agendas already with mm-hmm. her. So, um, yeah, people got mad. And then she went on to talk about how she can't do it all. And every time she's succeeding in one area of life, that means she's failing in another area and stuff like that. But nobody cares about that and have anything to do with the hashtag because uh hashtag scandal okay um <laughs> yeah man people was mad man i like it's so sad because 
honestly the fucking um title of the article is inflammatory mm-hmm. and then that sentence that she didn't actually say what it like she said a hashtag is not a form of activism it's like well that's not mm-hmm. what she, she said, said. it's actually not what she said she said uh you gotta you gotta do more than just hashtag it's not like you can't count that as volunteering keep in mind she framed this as spend time physically volunteering to help people do something in some form or fashion don't just say i did a hashtag and now we're going to end it there challenge yourself to be better which is what a lot of these fucking graduation speeches are you know mm-hmm. so it was it was i don't know people went in on her um paula dean is launching her digital network in september oh and she gonna make millions yeah, I'm scared it's going to be that Glenn Beck thing where you strike someone down and they mm-hmm. pop up twice as powerful and shit. Because she has so many supporters. She do them cruises every year, and they were saying that uh, Conover Cruise had to, like, every time she does it, uh, especially after uh, Food Network let her go, they had to extend it to, like, two and three uh, shows and all that shit. The ship sold out. Yeah, she she going to turn around, and she's getting ready to make billions. Yeah, she go. It wouldn't surprise me. She made all her money back because she lost some food that were in more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would not be surprised. Glenn Beck wouldn't made all that fucking money after he got off of Fox News. Mm-hmm. He's making more now than he ever made on the station. Turns, turns out Fox was holding his ass back uh, from that money. Yes, sir. Racist people was like, "I got to filter this through Fox." Fuck you. Now if I can give it directly to your ass, okay? You got it. You go in on this motherfucking Nigerian president. All right. Um, but yeah, she's announced plans to create a Paula Dean Network, a subscription-based interactive digital experience that is expected to launch in September. Guess who's going digital, y'all? I'm so excited about my new online network and can't wait to show everyone what we've been working on, Dean said in the statement. Paula Dean is the kind of person that I feel like when the cameras are off, she don't even have a southern accent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, and cut. And then she's just like, Oh my goodness, all these motherfucking redneck yokels, uh, and fucking racism and driving the show. Bring me some more tea, boy. You know, like, <laughs> the cameras are back on. Oh, I do declare oh, I am Lord. a mite parched. It is hot as the dickens today. Uh, we're going to have so much fun being together and cooking up some wonderful new and classic dishes. Y'all can get my recipes, tips, and cooking anytime you want. This is for you. I can't wait to crank up the oven and get cooking for the people. I love the Jews. Oh, I'm sorry. I love my family, my friends, and my fans. Paula Dean Network will contain daily broadcast quality programming from Dean, where she will share new recipes, cooking food for our signature southern dishes, and healthy meals. That's going to be the small part of the channel. Oh, really small. And yeah. Fried well, salad, y'all. <laughs> That's right. We take up the lettuce and we fry it up, dip oh. it in some butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, double dip it. Put that tomato in the deep fryer, y'all. Let's hook it up. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me. And if she's smart, it wouldn't surprise me. She uh, got other uh, expire. I mean, uh, other cooks up underneath her and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. this is something that she can really roll and start her own shit off of. Yep, the network. Because somebody's going to sell out and do it. You know they're going to have some black cooks, by the way. Of course. Some black people are going to take them checks. Prepare yourself now. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be giving good commentary in between. You know, when I was down at Paula's house the other day, 
and uh she was telling me how much she loves black people and i can tell you guys she loves black people we'll be right back at this commercial uh and we're back uh just wanted to say uh paula dean uh thank you so much for giving me this job ma'am now back to this slavery chicken what you want to do is you want to take the leftover chicken from paula's earlier rest uh recipe that they didn't eat yes and to make it authentic why don't you just throw some chains in it Mm mm-hmm uh <laughs> the black people on the channel gonna have be shirtless with chains on and ragged clothes oh yeah uh now welcome back to slavery kitchen today's recipe hog malls how to turn the intestines of the pig into the most tastiest dart that's right guys chitlins here yes. we go yes and, and 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 i'm gonna sing uh uh very authentic negro spirituals mm-hmm. We're just going to put this in the oven for 30 minutes. And uh, while we're there, you might want to pass the time singing some old traditional black music, such yes. as Ezekiel saw the wheel way in the middle of the air. Yes. And nobody knows the trouble I see. <laughs> ding, ding. Looks like our food is ready. Let me go in and get these hog moths out. Mm-mm. Turkey necks. Mm-mm-mm. Delicious. Delicious. And you too can serve this to all of your black friends and let them know that you're not racist. Exactly. Coming up next, how to slice watermelon. It'll be a short segment. <laughs> um, so, uh, it will have some long term and short, uh, form content with theme shows like Leftover Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, where she'll be talking about the Mexicans, as well as holiday themed content. <laughs> Dean's family members will also make appearances. You you do you think you think the Mexicans gonna have their own area too? Uh, yeah, they probably just be her talking about immigration. Oh! the network will be accessible via computer, smartphone, and tablet with smart TV compatibility introduced at a future date. Fans can sign up now to receive updates. PaulaDean.com with early registration beginning in July. Those who pre-register will enter be entered in sweepstakes for a chance to win a trip to Savannah, Georgia, to join the live studio audience. Oh, just what I need. Uh, yeah, welcome to the live studio audience. Uh, you need to sit in the back. Uh, the color section is all the way up there. Yes. Ah! Sorry, you didn't put your race on your application, sir. We could have told you earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the network. No, 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 sir. These seats are for whites only. They're already taken. The network will be, will also be previewed at the first Paula Dean live shows in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee on June 21st and 22nd. The digital offering marks Dean's return to producing the type of program she offered with her food network show. After Dean revealed in a deposition that she previously used the N word, Food Network declined to renew her contract then it, when it expired last June. Despite her, well, it's been a year. Despite her repeated apologies, Dean's admission created a media firestorm and led to the crumbling of her business empire with many uh, companies cutting ties with the chef. Yeah, and, and my thing is this, uh, several things. Number one, I think that, uh, because like I said, because I watched Food Network and things when she was on, they filmed at her house. Like, they literally come and filmed at her house. I guarantee you that it, she paid attention and she learned a lot of shit that they did. So, you know, she probably, she probably had shit built into her house, you know, for them and all that shit. So this is, so this is not a, a big leap for her, you know, to do something like this. In fact, it, it, it makes sense. Um, and also a lot of these people that cut ties from her, you let her shit blow up and she makes money. They'll be sponsoring her again. Shit, she already got a seventy-five million to a hundred million dollar investment from a private equity equity company called Najafi Coast, 
to help her make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Later that month, she insisted she was back in the saddle, right, saddle riding, riding her formal, I mean, former Food Network colleague Robert Irvine like a horse across the stage at the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. I'm scared to Google Robert Irvine's look because he, <laughs> if this is a black man, I'm just going to end the show. I don't think he's black. But, I, but you oh, thank check. God. Thank God. Oh, that's the, that's the, uh, the, um, I almost said Mission Impossible, but Food Impossible guy. Yeah, that's Ooh. who he is. Yeah, I don't keep up with these people. If that would have been a black dude, I would have been like, man, uh, the end of the show. Dean, <laughs> Dean had several offers to return to broadcast television. Steve Nanola, CEO of the chef's company, Paula Dean Ventures, said in a statement, adding that she chose to create a digital network to better interact with her fans and have creative control. Yep, so she knows she gonna be fired. Once you lose that job, you know, you, you gotta you do st- it for yourself. For real, you start creating your own shit because you get tired of being fired. Uh, she ultimately decided to launch the Polity Network because it gives her a greater level of direct access to millions of fans when it is convenient for them. In addition, Paula will enjoy full creative control of the show's recipes and content and be able to give her fans exactly what they love most about her. With 4.2 million fans on Facebook, 1.24 million fan followers on Twitter, it was clear to us that the, an interactive digital network was the way to go. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. She about to come up, dog. Like even if she can just get a dollar a person, you know, even if she just gets some of those people, you know, to sign up for something monthly, she'll probably fucking, or even yearly, a dollar a person for a year, she could make millions of dollars potentially. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and she she'll make more than she ever made at Food Network. Yep, that's amazing. So Paula Dean back, y'all. Um, let's play some uh, games here, guys. Getting to that time. Let's do um, it. Of course, the first one, of course, is fucking with black people. We're just fucking with those black people. We're just fucking with those blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's fucking with black people time. Uh, you already know the drill. We grade everything from zero to 100 in terms of how much it aggravates us. And you guys listen to us play it. The first contestant up on this is uh, Hollywood. Actor Tay Diggs says Hollywood studios hold African-American films to a frustratingly separate and unfair standard. Whether a studio decides to proceed with a black-oriented film can depend on the success of other movies with primarily African-American cast, even if the projects are not connected. He starred in The Best Man. Everybody remembers that. It was great. Mm-hmm. And the sequel, Best Man Holiday, which is even better. In a recent interview, the actor said he and others who worked on the Best Man movies are eager to start on a third. I'm eager to see a third. Me it too. Made, made a lot of money. Yes, it did. But his fate is tied to how other black-oriented films, including the upcoming Think Like a Man 2, perform at the box office. Unfortunately, the business is such that as far as studios are concerned, they judge one quote-unquote black movie off of how other black movies have done, even if they have nothing to do with each other. That's ridiculously frustrating, said Diggs, 43, whose movies and credits include How Stella Got a Groove Back and Rent. He stars in a new TNT drama, Murder in the First. Here's the thing about this, right? This does away with the myth that so many black people have that, well, just support the good black movies. Don't don't go see the bad ones. And then they'll put out more good ones. Hollywood doesn't care. They don't see a difference. It's all black to them. Yes, it is. So if you don't go see Tyler Perry, they're like, well, we're not going to make Think Like a Man and we're not going to make 
uh, uh, any of the shit. Like, why make Fruitvale Station? Yeah, and I'm like him. He was like, the shit is they're not associated. They don't have nothing to do with each other, and no other genre do they do this with. Yeah, but well, they do it with other genres. He's saying this shouldn't count as one genre. You know, they do this with science fiction. They do this with superhero movies. They do this with all this shit. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, when I mean do do this, like if you have a superhero movie and then you have a drama, those are two separate entities. If not, they're in the same um, genre. Okay, that's understandable. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying they treat black as a genre, all which by is not, which is no. not. You know, we agree. It's, okay, I'm just saying that they're. He said the reality of the situation is. They have, they are considered black as a niche market that is its own genre, regardless of content, okay. regardless of subject matter. Okay. It was black, so therefore, this is what it is. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, we've definitely come a long way, but we've got a long way to go, he said. It's too bad we can't do well on our own merit. Uh, when it comes to the studios, they don't like to take risk, and unfortunately, we're still considered a huge risk, even though I don't think we are. The best man holiday grossed over 70 mil in North America last year and was profitable, said Paul. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Dergard Bedian, uh, senior analyst for box office tracker Rentrack of Universal Studios, which released 1999's The Best Man in this sequel that includes stars Diggs, Morris, Chestnut, and Sonal Latham. Decline comment. So, yeah, like, it, to me, this is a no brainer. They should be working on part three, right? Mm-hmm. They're not yet. Wow. Cause fucking. What, they gotta wait another eight years to get the next one? Cause Medea's goes to Hanukkah didn't fucking make money or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, well, that didn't make, that only made 30 million. So, I mean, obviously the best man holiday can't be made. Like, people see those films as two different films, except if you're in Hollywood. Yeah. It's just frustrating. Um, I'll give it a 50 cause I, I kind of already knew this, but, uh, a little disheartening to know that, you know, not going to Tyler Perry is hurting good movies. But it's a fucking terrible ass movie. It's like they it's like it's like they put bullshit out there. The thing about it is that Adam Sandler keep putting that bullshit and people keep buying it and going and supporting it. Nobody ever says let's not do another Adam goddamn Sandler movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, it made money. So mm-hmm. uh here's another fucking with black people. Oh, wait. No, this isn't a fucking with black people. Say that for Sunday. Okay. Here's a fucking with black people. Uh, black man driving his white wife to work is accused of being an illegal cab driver in a lawsuit. <laughs> City investigators wrongfully accused a black man of being an illegal taxi driver after they spotted him dropping off his wife at work, believing she was a white livery cab passenger. The married couple, Dan Keyes Jr., 66, and Simone Palermo, 53, are suing the Taxi and Limousine Commission for $3 million, claiming that in an act of racial profiling, its agents seized their Lincoln Town car for eight days and gave each of them summonses, despite their attempts to explain they are husband and wife. Wow. And they can prove they are husband and wife. Yeah, but they're not doing police work. They're not doing research. They're doing... Hey, black person driving a fucking white woman uh, in a black town car. Obviously, this is uh, some sort of a uh, someone trying to po- like pose as a cab and not pay what they're supposed to pay. Lord have mercy. Well, I hope they don't arrest me if I'm out somewhere with Morgan then, Lord. The couple claims that TLC investigators pulled over 
keys a car salesman because they mistook palermo who was biracial for being white and assumed she was a customer upon information and belief uh when attempting to identify illegally operated taxis it is official policy or custom of the city and tlc to instruct uh the tlc to instruct its employees to target and single out vehicles operated by minorities with white passengers, the lawsuit says. Wow. On the morning of May 8, 2013, Keys drove Palermo from their Bayside home to her job at Bob's Discount Furniture at the shops at Skyview Center in Flushing. Palermo sat in the back seat of the car because rain had dampened the front passenger side seat the previous evening. After dropping Palermo off, Keys was pulled over by TLC investigators accused of operating the black town cars in the legal cab According to a lawsuit filed last week, the lawsuit claims investigators not yet knowing the couple's relationship lied to Keys and claimed a white female passenger confirmed to them that he was an unlicensed act. So they made they made it up, of course. When uh, when uh, when when police work and research could have confirmed it, why 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 not just make it up? Because that would take less time. When Palermo arrived to clear up the misunderstanding, the investigators refused to let them go. And instead wrote both of them summonses with false allegations. Palermo was ticketed because she is listed as the owner of the town car, which was seized. We think there is no basis for the TLC that I pulled over my clients in the first instance. Once they pulled over my clients, they had many opportunities to let them go to realize they pulled over the wrong people. Instead, they doubled down on their mistake. I believe that they flat out lied in their summonses. A city administrative judge eventually ruled in the couple's favor and dismissed the summonses. However, the TLC kept the town car until Palermo won her case May 16, 2013. Shit. The TLC declined to discuss the lawsuit's allegations. We're respectfully reserving comment at this time in light of pending litigation. So, yep, a hundred. That's a hundred. Yes, that is. Take somebody's car. Yes. Um, yep. You didn't ask. I mean, because if that's the case, something like that looked like you would uh, try to get the police involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go to our next game, um, which is, of course, uh, fucking with black people. Oh, wait. I was about to say, we just did that segment, right? I meant guest right. <laughs> you must have really been fucked with. I know. Now that it's time for some guest race. That's right, it's guest of race time. Now that it's time for some guest of race. That's right, it's guest of race time. That's right, it's time for guest of race, the number one game show going across all podcast land where we play or read news articles from all over the globe. And we have our contestant today, the chat room, to guess the race. And the chat room is very, very racist. So here we go. Story number one. A Hamilton, Ohio man with a long history of public indecency convictions was arrested again for simulating sex with a pool float. Edwin Tobergta, 35, was arrested Wednesday morning after a witness observed him standing naked on Route 4 in Hamilton simulating sex with a pink pool flotation device. According to the police report, the witnesses said he was in full view of nearby businesses and passing cars. Yeah. Fuck that float. No, really. Fuck the float. He was charged with public indecency and contempt of court. Tokberto was previously arrested June 2013 after he engaged in sex with a pool float outside of his house in front of several children. Wow. Wow. He pleaded guilty to that offense and was sentenced to 11 months in prison but was released early. 
In August 2011, he was arrested for a similar offense involving having sex with a pink swimming pool raft. In 2002, he was caught having sex with an inflatable pumpkin that was part of a Halloween display. Oh, he... Is is there a genre for people that like uh, blow-up devices? I've seen it on Strange Sex. There's a dude that enjoyed fucking uh, things that were inflatable. Fucking balloons and shit. Wow. Mm -hmm. What do they call them? (laughs) Balloonosexuals, Karen. Who gives a fuck? (laughs) Call them weirdo freaks. That's what I call them. I said, get out of here, you damn freak. (laughs) Beat it. Get off my pool float. Uh, guess the race chat room. See what they believe. Get that sperm off my pool stuff. Edwin Tolberto. Tolberta. Uh, the color Jason Whitlock sees himself as in all of his dreams, says Leonard Brothers. Aww. White says Hiploida. Hey, it's all pink to me, baby. White. White man who fucked the pool flow right in the pussy, says HC. Kid Crage says only white people are that sick. Again, White says Key Lime, White says Joe Spacey, and White says Sparger. The correct answer is White. Good job, everybody. Y'all got it right. Let's go to the second article. A uh, woman uh, apparently uh, catfished her niece and uh, found out that uh, her niece wanted to kill her. Oh, oh my. A 19-year-old girl is in the Tuscaloosa County Jail after asking a fictional stranger to shoot and kill her family. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Somebody, uh, somebody getting Neve and Max on this shit. Yes. Uh, I bet Neve, I wonder when Neve and Max hear shit like this, I'm like, God damn it! That would have been a good episode. I you know they be like that. According to court records filed Tuesday, 19-year-old Marissa Williams has has lived with her aunt in Foster's, Alabama since April 2014. Now, keep in mind, it is June 2014. <laughs> oh, two months, if that long. It did not take this girl that long to want to kill somebody, her whole family. Their relationship was strained by Williams' habits on social media. She allegedly would invite strangers she befriended on sites like Facebook over to her house. <gasps> when her aunt asked Williams to stop inviting men she met online to her home and did not allow her to go to parties with strangers, the 19-year-old blocked her aunt on Facebook, prohibiting the woman from seeing what her niece was doing there. According to the deposition, Williams' aunt decided to create a Facebook profile for a fictional man that she named Trey Top Dog Ellis so that she could add Williams as a friend and chat with her. The woman hoped for a rare glimpse into her niece's online activity and for an opportunity to teach Williams about the dangers they interact with strangers online. The experiment soured quickly. According to the court documents, Williams began unknowingly talking to her aunt posing as Ellis. In May, in late May, and on the first day they interacted online, she gave the fictional boy her phone number and home address and asked him to come over and get drunk with her. First day. Wow. She then offered to have sex with him if he paid her $50 cell phone bill. Oh, my. That's what I'd do if I had a vagina. I'm not going to lie. i treat that shit like a credit card. Yeah. Now, you know, my bill, gonna, my bill due on the 20th. I still got this pussy, so. Shit, you going to give me more than 50. I, like I said, I'm a man. I'm mm-hmm. I'm stupid. I never had this kind of privilege. Yeah. I'd be giving, get, it, away. I'd be giving see, it away. I'd you, be like. You don't know your worth. Mm-mm. Right. If, if I'm doing full service, you're going to pay full service money. I see a $50 cell phone bill and I go, you know what? $10, $5 blowjobs and I'm there. 
That's oh no, yeah, that, that you is, were terrible at negotiating, sir. Men don't have vaginas, Karen. That's what I'm telling you. Y'all got all this <laughs> worth and stock in it. I'm just like yeah, I give it away. You sure would. Yeah. If you want the works, you got to pay for the works. I was fingering women at five dollars a pop. I mean, they never pay for it. See, it's, it's a it's a seller's market in the yeah. vagina, in the Vaginaville. <laughs> Days later, Williams allegedly told the man she knew as Ellis uh, that her family made her angry and she wanted to get out of Alabama. She then asked the man if she never met, that she never met to come kidnap her and take her away from her family. This is how pedophiles get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Come kidnap me and take me across state lines. Yeah, well, 19. I mean, I guess if you asked for it, 15-year-old. She was 19, by the way. According to deposition, William told Trey to shoot and kill her aunt if she tried to stop him. Her plans reportedly got increasingly intricate and sinister as time passed. According to court files, she told the fictional man how to get into her aunt's bedroom so he could kill her and the woman's fiance first. Then she asked him to shoot her cousin and the family dog on the way out. Shit, she wanted everybody to get some. She allegedly planned to pack her things in his car while Trey murdered her family. When she read that Williams was asking if what she was asking a fictional boy to do, the aunt called the sheriff's office and asked for help. According to the deposition, the deputies arrived, interviewed Williams, who admitted to the plot, but apologized and said she didn't really mean for anyone to be killed. Okay. Talking to a stranger on the internet, you never know. Motherfucker might do it. I've seen snapped. Ain't that yes. She was arrested and taken to county jail where she is charged with solicitation of murder. Williams remains there pending thirty thousand dollar bond. You know what's even crazier? That might not be the only person she was talking to. That's the person they know about because they made that person up. But if other people come into the house, who else is she asking to kill her family? Come on. Mm-hmm. So guess the race of Marissa Williams. Check the chat room and see what they believe. And they probably can find out, investigate her computer. Black because she was being raised by an extended family member and not her parents. Low income opposite of black garbage. Oh. Oh, uh, so what? White trash? Uh, catfish sounds more like first 48 black. What plan does she have? That's only $50 boost, boost mobile black, right? One whose neck is red, black, white, black, because $50 black start your kid of the starch starks. The correct answer is black. She was black. Yeah. Many of you missed it. Yeah. And she was nice. She was nineteen, so she didn't know her worth. Fifty dollars. Yeah. All right. What were you saying? I said she's nineteen. She didn't know her worth. Fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Next round. Let's go to the bonus round, everybody. Double the points, double and the race. race, double the points, and the race. That's right, it's double the points, double the race, and the bonus round of Guess the Race. So far, people are either two for two or one and one, but here's a chance to do your dance. It's part two. All right, double the points, double the racism. Here we go, guys. Police find 40 bags of heroin in North Carolina man's belly button. Just call him Randall Bellis Button Streeter. The 315-pound North Carolina man was packing a whopping 40 bags of heroin along with crack cocaine and Percocet pills in his navel. 
How deep was his navel? Who the fuck is doing these drugs is the question. Hey, man, can I get uh, uh, some of the Percocet pills? Hold on one second. Mm, mm. Uh, you know what? On second thought, I'm going to quit drugs and just get a job and go straight. I don't want to smoke your belly button crack. I'm good. In all last yeah, month's... Belly buttons are nasty, too. Oh. In all last month's traffic stop of Streeter and his passenger, Marshall Wayne Wilson... Ended in investigators reportedly seizing 150 bags of heroin and $1,200 in cash. The total estimated street value of the heroin is approximately $6,800. Streeter's arrest caps a one-month investigation by members of the Greenville Regional Drug Task Force, during which undercover agents say they purchased 150 bags of heroin from Streeter prior to his arrest. They were just being gluttonous. 150 bags. They wanted to be sure he was going to jail. He was being held on $1 million bond while charged with numerous heroin trafficking charges. Uh, which police say may be just the beginning. Streeter has also been linked through the investigation to numerous prostitution cases and future charges are likely. So he's a pimp as well. He's doing it all. He's keeping hoes in his belly button. Apparently so. Um, keeping their shoes in there. I just wonder if Rick Ross is sitting around somewhere like, I hope they don't look at my belly button. <laughs> everybody, everybody thinks I was that's a CO, but I was really slinging these rocks through my belly button. That's why I keep the bodies. Um, Did anybody see. pulling a gun out his belly button? Uh, the chat room for Guest Race says, Intergalactic Insect. <laughs> oh, my. That's Little Brothers. Was selling those drugs to pay for his weight loss surgery, Black Bruce Bruce, <laughs> says Keyline. <laughs> uh, Keyline 3.14, so Keyline Pie. One who could be heard saying, Hey, 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 as they took him away to prison. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You want some heroin? Uh, blacker than a flyer advertising a party for the grown and sexy punchline to a beaver knock knock joke white big fat black and nasty black rick ross cousin black he uh black he's still eating lemon pepper on his effing wings uh the correct answer is and everybody got it i believe black one person said that Karen snitched on you. One of you said white. <laughs> oh, my bad. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> All right, going to wrap it up with a little sore ratchetness. But first, uh, Professor OGH gave us a comment in uh, the chat. Apparently, Shonda Rhimes has responded to the, um, to the uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the stuff, stuff on she- Twitter or whatever. Let me see if this takes me to it. Oh, also, she commented on uh, what they was saying about her about her uh, commencement speech. Yeah, for some reason, it didn't take me to the directly to the tweet. I don't know. Uh, I might be missing it or something. Um, I don't know. I can't see it for some reason. It just shows a tweet of some dude named at Rod. So, um, send me another link. Oh, wait, here you go. Whosay.com. Okay. Uh, I see there is drama about what I said about hashtag activism, which makes me think some of you who are upset. Um, Papa Bat <laughs> did not actually read or hear my speech. I invite you to watch it. The link is here, uh, which is the worst thing you can do is tell people to come get some context because, you know, it don't take like that's one thing about the internet. Niggas hate context. They are not about to click that shit and watch that whole Facts, speech. No. And and when you're already watching with like an agenda in mind, you're not gonna see 
it's not like now i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt i was very clear the speech i gave was for the 1100 or so graduates of dartmouth on sunday if you are receiving the privilege um of breathing the rare air that comes with getting an ivy league degree on sunday i was talking to you i was talking to those whom much has been given and i was reminding them that much is expected robert kennedy hashtags are amazing for raising awareness but i was telling them to go beyond that and do more to actively try to give back in the hand in a hands-on way if you were not receiving a degree from dartmouth on sunday i was not talking about you i wasn't even talking to you i love that so many people saw and responded to the speech but as i said in my speech i was having a fireside chat with my Dart- dartmouth peeps remember have a lovely day and going back to my hiatus and my orange is the new black watching hashtag dartmouth 14 hashtag hashtag um yeah i i'm not mad at her at all mm-hmm. i don't like i think people want to be mad i mm-hmm. she said something about the coveted hashtag activism shit and niggas do not want to be challenged on that i mean that i thought it was brave of her to even talk about hashtag activism because she um has benefited so much from social media and mm-hmm. it's like even if you want, even if your goal was to say, Hey guys, at graduating, don't just stop at social media activism. Go out and be the, you know, be the change in physically for people. You knew people were going to just read that hashtag shit. The, the title of the article is, Hey, she, hey, hashtag niggas. Like you knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like. So, yeah, she was, you know, and she's a black woman and y'all challenged her. So that's why she hit y'all with that rarefied air and lucky enough to get an Ivy League degree. Um, yeah, she, she was mad and annoyed. So she's still black. Y'all read the shade that she puts out every Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, she's capable of fighting that fight. I'm not mad at her, but. You know, I also don't need her to be a good person for me to like scandal, which yeah. is something that a lot of people do need in their entertainment. I just don't demand that of my entertainment. Me so, either. you know, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't think she was fucking up or personally trying to go at people or whatever. So, um, I think people went at her pretty harshly when they first read it because they didn't read anything but the headline and then she fought back and now it's going to get ugly because I'm sure it's don't, yeah. There's nothing, the only thing you can say is I'm sorry and motherfuckers still ain't gonna like it. Cause here's the part people don't talk about. Um, cause people act like Scandal's a black show and all black people like it. A lot of black people don't like that show. A lot. A lot of people have access to grind with her, period. So mm-hmm. I'm not shocked that, you know, some people are like, oh, you motherfuckers. Like, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And she was like, oh, y'all want to come for me? All right. Did you graduate from Ivy School? Okay. Mm-hmm. I went talking to you. Right. Yep. You knew she was going to say it with an attitude. She's still a black woman. Come of course. On. You can't be challenging a black woman to a public tet of words. Are you crazy? Trying to lose? She writes for a living. Come on. Don't y'all got mamas and shit? You can't do that. That's against the rules. Um. All right. So we're ratcheting this, guys, before we get out of here. Big Pine Key, Florida. Oh, Florida. A marathon man is accused of attacking his brother-in-law with a sword. Diosvani Oroma, 27, was arrested Friday on a charge of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. I bet Paula Dean's going to have a lot of aggravated battering going on. We'll have recipes. 
monroe county sheriff's office spokeswoman becky heron said deputies was uh called to the seahorse compound campground seahorse okay of big pine key <laughs> where the victim this sounds like all these sound like locations for spongebob cities of course where the victim told them his brother-in-law attacked him with a sword according to the victim and the witnesses aroma was uh at the campground to speak to the manager about the ownership of a trailer trailer trash as aroma was leaving he decided he, he drove by the victim and words were exchanged aroma got out of his vehicle and began fighting with the man at some point during the fight aroma removed a sword from the trunk of his car and began swinging at the victim striking him several times shit aroma then left the scene returned home to marathon where police met with aroma he told them he threw the sword away the sword was found at the scene he didn't throw it far enough or enough uh anyway we'll be back saturday with the feedback show friday with balls deep sports thanks everybody for hanging out um appreciate all y'all uh for uh checking out the show um shout to shonda ron's i don't have no problem with you boo do your thing okay i'm sorry that they they tried to turn on you today but I'm glad that uh, it all worked out. They'll be back in the fall. You know, the show is off right now. I heard they're moving it to Fridays. I just hope that don't mean that, that it's over with, okay? Uh, that's not good. Um, but we'll be back uh, on Saturday, man. Until then, support our sponsors, Shout Out Our Production, AdamandEve.com, code TBGWT. Uh, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>